Hey folks, Dan with Holy Spirit Soapbox. I hope you're having an amazing day or an amazing night, whatever time it is for you. If this is your first time, welcome, 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 welcome. If it's not, welcome back. Today is going to be more of a theological episode. All right, I'm in no way identifying as a theologian though, okay? I'm in no way identifying myself to be the knower of all things. I am definitely not that. And I am in no way identifying myself as a prophet or anything as such. My identity is forever in Jesus Christ. But in reading scriptures, reading commentaries, and having discussions, and praying and meditating, these things I'm about to say seem to make the most sense when it comes to the Bible. But as always, as always, feel free to challenge everything we say. Okay? But this is something I feel is worth talking about. We love to blame things. We talked about this in everyone's favorite game show. This is an episode we did a while ago. Why? Why do we like to blame things? Because pride and self-centeredness plays a huge role. I'm never wrong. And I will get defensive as much as I need to because I know I'm not wrong. That's the kind of mindset that we have when we have pride and self-centeredness. One entity we also like to blame is Satan. Now this fallen angel that had pride so much that he decided that heaven wasn't good enough for him. Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you never heard of him. But this entity decided that his pride was more important than glorifying God. Now, maybe you don't blame Satan. I don't know. Maybe you blame people or churches as well for hurting you. But the answer to the question of who our biggest enemy is is always the same. Always the same answer. Now, I know here at Holy Spirit Soapbox, we do a lot of self-searching, a lot of heart-searching. And it may come off like, wow, I have a lot to work on and I'm already in a bad mood. But this has made me feel like worse, (laughs) right? Now, if you feel worse, I'm sorry. But these things are what those who cared about the body of Christ or the children of God warned about and mentioned often. Because of this, many people chose to not listen to people like Isaiah or Jeremiah, John the Baptist, and even Jesus himself. And again, I'm, I'm none of those people. I am not like any of those people. I do not consider myself any type of prophet, apostle, or any self-appointed and anointed identity. But I do care about all of us within the body of Christ. Now, just think and remember... Just remember, if you're feeling in a bad mood and then you hear something, even if it's not Holy Spirit Soapbox, if it's any other place, any other church or any other sermon that makes you feel worse, flip that because we have hope in Jesus Christ, right? He died for you and resurrected for you. Now you have eternal life in a place where there's no pain. That's amazing. So definitely try and flip that script in your mind and in your heart. But... This all in mind, our biggest enemy is ourselves. You may have already known that. And if that's the case, recognition of where we orient away from God is the first step to repentance, which leads to sanctification, that leads to being perfected by glorification in Jesus. So that's great if you've realized that, wow, there are some things that I, where I fall short. That's okay. That's a, a really good thing. Now, I'm not a firm believer that Satan himself can enter our minds, though. This is something that people say all the time. I believe we allow Satan and his demons to tempt and manipulate us. And we also allow certain spirits to continuously harden our hearts. People often say, oh, Satan was in my mind. He knew what I was thinking and he knew that he can manipulate me in this way. Honestly, I don't believe that. He was more or less whispering in your ear or more or less influencing you with external things. 
here's the theological portion of this episode. And feel free to give us your thoughts or what God has given you as a response to all of this. But here we go. When we continuously fill ourselves with things that God says is bad for us, that leads to us orienting away from him, from a spiritual perspective, we open ourselves up to allowing Satan to work in us. For instance, after Judas ate the portion of his bread in communion in John 13, 27, it says, as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. Judas, is, he already made that decision to follow self instead of Jesus. He made that conscious decision a long time before that. I mean, we hear that he stole money from the rest of the body of Christ as their treasurer in John 12, 6. Judas did not have full faith in Christ. He probably never did, as he focused on self-gain more than selflessness. But you know who used that? God. God used that for his glory. Now, because of this, Satan was allowed into his heart. Now, the word Satan is used several times in the Old and New Testaments. Satan comes from the word uh, shatan in Hebrew, which initially meant adversary or opponent or enemy, an adversary of God. It then is used even when explaining how God's adversary walked up to God in Job, telling of his plans to ruin Job and to get Job to follow him instead of God and curse God, essentially. This is more of an adjective name versus his actual name, but he also was a being, apparently, if he went up to God asking. But he was an adversary of God. Now, this might just be me, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes and sermons that I've done. But I continuously pray about this, but, but I feel that things of this world contain spirits in the spirit realm that we cannot see. They're influencers that we can't see. Things that influence us to orient ourselves away from God or sin. Money is just paper. Silver is just a metal. But giving those things power over our lives leads us to want more of that power or spirit. If we do not fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit, right, or, or God's Spirit continuously, it can make room for other spirits to lead us and essentially make ourselves start to idolize and create as our God. Other things become our God because they've influenced us to, to become that. And it's all led by self and selfish wants. Now, why I feel this way is because leading up to John 13, 27, when Jesus explained who he gave the dip bread to, would essentially announce would betray Jesus. Like Jesus said this, he dipped the bread, and he handed it directly to Judas. Now everybody's like, whoa. And Judas was like, whoa. Right? Jesus knew Judas's heart at this point. He knew that Judas would be compelled to eat the bread and accept that. Instead of actually accepting Jesus coming to earth to rescue people, he ultimately said, okay, I accept this role of taking communion with the devil as your adversary. So he did. Then Satan entered his heart. Now, ultimately, Satan does not enter our hearts unless we allow him. We allow ourselves to become adversaries of God. We do. If we continuously allow worldly things and the fruits of the worldly spirits to guide and dictate us and influence us. Judas could have said, nah, I ain't taking that. <laughs> I'm not taking that. But at this point in time, Judas's heart was so far oriented onto self and away from God and Jesus. He was like, I, I've, I've gone too far, I guess. So, yeah, no, he's right. I'm going to take this the furthest I can now. And that's that. 
Now, he had a chance at redemption at the Last Supper. Believe it or not, he had a chance at redemption. Then, after he regretted doing what he did, he also had a chance to repent and orient back again as the Twelfth Apostle. When he threw that silver back at, at the chief priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when he's like, oh yeah, I don't want this silver, there's blood all over this, he could have repented. And he actually could have spread the gospel. He could have said, no, that man out there is, that's Christ. That's Messiah. That's who we've been waiting for. He could have spread the gospel to them, but he didn't. And then they had to replace him in Acts. You know, following up on last week's episode on terminating pregnancies, I feel that that unfortunate situation or decision that people make is something that we've been influenced by external forces to do. How can we go from seeing something as so wrong as now being something that's right? And this, I'm not just talking about pregnancy termination. I'm talking about many other things that, that almost feel like they must be twisting our moral compasses into confusion. Like that, you must feel something internally when you start saying, you know what, I'm going to start advocating for something that's against just our moral compasses, that moral compass that we receive directly from God. You, you must feel something, right? I, I don't know. But we hear a lot of things of, such as like indoctrination or propaganda or brainwashing. Whatever you want to call it, it can lead us in many different unfortunate directions. I was blessed by a local Bible study the other day where we all got together and we just started chatting and and. We were going through 1 Kings, but at one point we talked about influences from the external world or from other people, and we have to understand that we are under attack constantly, constantly, in many different ways by the adversaries of God. I say adversaries because we automatically go right to Satan. Oh, Satan's the adversary. That's it. No, I think Satan himself absolutely plays a role. Yes. From the very beginning, he played the role, but it's the it's the people that are influenced by Satan in selfishness as well. And we all can be, even those in the body of Christ, we are all sinners. This is not just people, this is not just us versus them. Even people in the body of Christ, people that have given their lives to Christ, even people that have been baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, get selfish. Believe it or not, I do too. We get selfish and sometimes the influences of politics or influences of the media or influences of TV shows or movies or, or other people. They, they get in the way and then we can be influenced and then we can influence others. We're under attack all the time. Now, one of the gentlemen at the study reminded us that we need to deeply root ourselves in the word and to immerse ourselves in Christ to avoid this from happening. And that is so true. The only way to fall for propaganda of Satan is by immersing ourselves in the water of the pool that he plays in. If we immerse ourselves in Christ consistently, we essentially put on the armor of God and cannot be swayed as easily in different directions, depending on what the world says. Now, more on baptism and immersion in a future episode, because I really want to talk about that, but... Here are a few verses I want us to all meditate on today. So this is Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 and 45. Matthew chapter 12, 
43 and 45. If you have your Bible, read along with me. Here we go. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, which are more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. Lots to unpack here. Here we go. The religious leaders just asked for a sign a few verses before this. Jesus replied with a few parables of Jonah being in the belly of the beast for three days. Then the queen of the south, who traveled a thousand plus miles to hear God's wisdom through King Solomon, would even condemn these guys for not seeing someone greater than Solomon here on the earth in front of them. Basically, with that whole, the queen traveling all these miles, she went to go listen to King Solomon and not God, right? But even that person, that queen that went to seek the wisdom of a person versus God would condemn these guys for not seeing someone greater than Solomon here on earth in front of them, Jesus. Then Jesus talks about these demons who try to find rest in a human. The only way a demon can possess and can invite its friends to possess is if we let them. The house Jesus is talking about is a human or a person. The person rids of itself the, the, the demon at first, right? Whether that be by following God or maybe Jesus, you know, he's seeking Jesus and Jesus rids him of this demon, whatever it might be. But because this person is not accepting and baptizing the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to dwell in his or her body or heart, the demon still has a place to dwell in that person. Now they invite their little demon friends, yay, you know, and, and this person is now worse off than before. Seven of them. There are a lot of demons in this one person. And we know that this is not the the maximum number of demons that can dwell in a person because we heard of legion, right? It was legion is it's like thousands. That's crazy. He's talking, per usual, about these religious leaders who want their sign and they want to be cleansed. And they seem to be clean because on the outside they seem clean. And they're first seeking God with their hearts, but then they continued to allow the worldly things and the worldly spirits to enter into them. And thus are now missing God right in front of them. How crazy is that? Now we talked about all this in Garbage In, Garbage Out, another episode. I'm plugging here. Self-sovereignty and self-focus, self-centeredness will only lead to destruction. Doing things for quick fixes or inviting worldly things to dictate our lives essentially leaves our hearts, or house, open for corruption. If corruption is in your heart and not God and the Spirit, then the things in your head and your outward actions may reflect that. We're given truths. We are given many truths in the Word of God. He gives us basic instructions before leaving earth. I've heard that acronym, B-I-B-L-E, right? Basic instructions before leaving earth. He's given us these things that we can read and that we can digest and that we can have dwell in us for the greater good of God, the glorification of God, and mankind. We're given these truths and we have to hold firm to these truths. 
So I have a couple questions to dig deep today. Three questions. Here we go. How have you been influenced by things outside of the Word of God? Question two. What are some ways we can influence those to further seek the truths given to us by God? In question three, how can we further allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in us versus worldly spirits? Folks, I want to thank you so much once again. I want to thank you for all the support of Holy Spirit Soapbox, all the prayers that we continuously ask for to to hopefully spread the gospel to everybody in the world and help people understand God's heart more and more. We want everybody to be intimately in love with Jesus, and that's our goal. I would love to pray over every single one of you. If you can bow your heads or take your prayer posture, whatever it looks like, if it's safe to do so, let's do that and let's talk to God. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for the word that you give us, the truths that we can read and that we can study together and that we can understand so that we can understand your heart. We thank you for the influences that you've given us in your spirit, in the Holy Spirit, versus these worldly things that you've given us that we can enjoy the worldly things, the things that are given to us as gifts, but not to put our full faith into them and to not put our full trust into what the world says. We want to be guided by you and your spirit only. We thank you for the ability to go back to your word and to go back to the body of Christ when we're unsure to have Bible studies, to have things in front of us, that represent you so that we can continuously immerse ourselves and just dig ourselves deeper into your love so that we can love you more and more each and every single day. Father, if we fall into the world, if we fall into those spirits, if we fall into those things to Satan, to the adversary, please dig us out and please help us recognize that so we no longer want to do that. And we ask you continuously, lead us away from those things, those temptations of the world, so that we can be guarded by the armor of God, so that we can allow your Holy Spirit to abide in us, in our bodies, in our vessels, in our homes, so that we cannot be overtaken by the world. And we ask all of this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.